0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer
1: Radio, the new AM 740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. You're sporting your Raptors cap this morning. Absolutely. Yeah, Good the, morning, Wally. The city was on fire last night. Also joining us in studio this morning, Former Toronto Maple Leaf, Lou Franceschetti. And without further ado, uh, we're pleased to uh, welcome uh, to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. First thing on our show today, Raptors analyst, Leo Routens. Leo, how are you this morning? I'm
3: great guys. How
2: are you Everybody good? <laughs> we we're a little bit worried uh but you're the consummate professional. Uh we would have uh, we would have completely understood if you didn't join us this morning. I know uh it's probably been a a a late night for you last night so Leo, thanks so much for joining us this morning and uh helping us uh celebrate uh the greatest moment in Toronto basketball history. Uh Leo, I uh Watched it last night. I watched the interview with you after the game, and uh, this this victory meant something personal to you as well. And like like you to share that with our listeners again, those of the those who weren't able to stay up uh, till past midnight last night. This is, after all, Zoomer Radio. Uh, you're a little bit emotional, Leo. The, this game, this victory, meant something to you. You're a Toronto boy, grew up in the '70s, and uh, got the opportunity to. You got the opportunity to reflect back on uh, uh, the Buffalo Braves, Bob McAdoo. Uh, tell us what this meant to you from a personal level.
3: Well, you know, I I think there's there's two sides, uh, you know, one from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you know, I was there for the you know the first game, <laughs> the first uh, the first basket at Sky Dome, uh, You know, mm-hmm. called the game, and to see where the team came from, you know, from expansion to uh, to the whole you know Vince Carter era to you know just one 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 thing after another. Uh, the good, the bad, um, and and the mistakes, the, the all kinds of good things, and that they were able to do to uh, come out of things at different times, and and when you're a part of the whole thing, um, you know, and then all of a sudden it, it it gets to this point where now you have an opportunity to play for the championship. Uh, it's just phenomenal, and you take it to a to another level. Where as you said, you know, growing up in the city, you know, uh, you rarely. Uh, saw NBA, you know the Buffalo Braves had some opportunities to play some exhibition games, and um, that to me was like the biggest thrill in the world. Uh, but then you look at, you know, you go from there to having a team in the city. You go from from a time when uh, nobody cared, nobody cared about basketball, nobody cared about, uh, you know, uh, the game. But you had a hardcore group of people uh, in this city, uh, in this country. Uh, that really did, that, 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 that cared, that, that wanted the game here, uh, did everything they could to, to put it on the map any, any way, shape, or form. Um, but it was a hard fight, right? It just, uh, there was just no, uh, no, no support. And with the NBA coming uh, to Canada and then the Toronto Raptors and their success, you know, what we've seen is incredible growth. Uh, you know, the game the game is exploding in this country. Uh it's like arguably the highest participated sport in this country. Uh and and you're seeing more kids in the NBA and it's just the way the game just continues to grow. So having something like this happen now, uh, is just gonna continue to take it to even a higher level, uh, which makes it exciting, you know, for all of those, uh, all of us that have been there from uh from the beginning, uh and have and have Growing up in a city like Toronto, uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. It's it's just uh, too good to be true, really.
4: The, uh, the turning point in the series uh, was the bench, very important. And how did Fredsman play? Turn it around. We looked. He looked right out of it, right, and he ended up turning it around and he played well the last three games.
3: Well, you know what? Before the series started, um, I said that this is going to be a series where the bench is going to be important, and they're going to they're going to have an impact. And uh, a lot of people, you know, say, "What do you, you know, the Raptors are in trouble," uh, based on what happened with Orlando and Philadelphia, and how the bench, in some ways, uh, especially the Philadelphia series, was was ineffective. And to me, that was all about matchups. Um, the Raptors had the toughest path uh, to the, you know, to the Eastern Conference Finals with Orlando and Philadelphia, and they were unique teams because they were long and really athletic. Uh, and when the when you know, all of a sudden it's Milwaukee, everybody's you know it, yeah, it's the first place team in the league. But to me, it was a more traditional team. Um, yes, they have some bigs, but they're not as crazy athletic, um, other than Giannis and Tedokoko, uh as we saw with Orlando and Philadelphia. So a lot of the guys that struggled, I thought, would be able to come out of those struggles as soon as they realized there's going to be a lot of room. You're going to be able to do some things that uh, freer. And you were able to do in the first two series, and Fred was one of those guys. I mean, Fred, you know, Fred struggled uh, in the first two series, and then, and then, uh, you know, at the beginning of the first two games in this series, you struggle. And towards the end of Game Three, uh, Kyle Lowry, you know, fouled out a double overtime game. Kyle Lowry fouled out at the end of regulation, and, and it was one of those situations where you know Fred had to play. That's it. You're in. There's nothing you can do. This team's not going to win if you don't play and do your thing. Uh, and I thought he did an unbelievable job in that situation, and that kind of catat- catapulted him uh, into the next uh, into the next game. And he shot the ball well, and uh, it just kept going from that point on. And uh, you know, once he found his mark, that was it. Uh, his defense and his toughness, all that was always there. Uh, but now he's seen the- he's seen the ball go through the net, and, and he's been. A- and-, and trust me, that was a huge factor. And you know, when you got a guy like Fred, Norman Powell. Uh, you know, when those guys coming off the bench uh, and do what they did, Serge Ibaka, it made a, it made a big difference, a uh, huge difference, over the last three games uh, to allow the Raptors to win. And we're talking to Leo Routins. Leo, uh, at various times
2: during these playoffs, uh, certain uh, members of the Toronto Raptors came under criticism. Uh, there were points where Lowry got criticized, uh, Van Vliet, Ibaka, uh, and, uh, and the coach, Nur- uh, Nick Nurse. Um, but in this series, you know, Raptors are down 2 0. They've got to go to double overtime in game three. And then, you know, it seemed, uh, Nick Nurse, uh, made all the right moves. Um, and certainly he took some criticism, and I think it's appropriate, uh, this morning to give him some credit. Um, just got the sense that he made the adjustments when he had to, and, uh, you know, they say players take their game to a different level. Uh, to a certain extent, I almost got the sense that Nick Nurse uh, rose to the occasion and and made the moves that got uh, turn 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 the Raptors turn the series around. I'd like to I'd like you to comment on that, uh, Leo.
3: Well, I think Nick Nurse deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I, I think he's been tremendous uh, one throughout the regular season uh, and it, with all the changes. You know, the Raptors had. Uh, you know trades. Uh, you have load management. You have all these different things happening throughout the season, injuries, and uh, nothing fazed him. And in the playoffs, I think he's been spectacular as well. And he's taken criticism literally in every series. Uh, people were finding you know things to to pick and 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 come at him with, which didn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, playoffs are about adjustments, and and you may not like you know uh, one game or another game. Uh, but you don't want to have knee-jerk reactions. You want you know your team as a coach better than anybody else, and 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 he knows the game extremely well. He feels the game extremely well. So I just thought that he did a great job of, you know, just just figuring it out as you go. Don't panic. Keep this team loose. Keep your players loose. Uh, trust your players. You know, there's a lot of guys like we talked about with Fred that you know he really struggled. There were people clamoring for Fred to be taken out of the starting lineup, and and, and other guys. Uh, uh, get his playing time, and and Nick never wavered. He trusts his guys, and, and I think that trust was rewarded. And uh, you know, he he he's a, he really is a I, I think a tremendous coach, even on the national uh, levels in the states. You know, nobody's really talked about Nick Nurse's you know as somebody that's a part of the Raptors' success. And uh, you know, I, I think that's a big mistake. Um, you know, the Raptors think about this: the Milwaukee Bucks had the best record in the NBA. Uh, the Toronto Raptors were two games behind them in the standings, two games. And there was no focus on trying to win, win the conference. There was no focus on trying to have the best record. The focus was all about doing what they're doing now, getting ready for the playoffs. So uh, when you can do that and finish with 50, you know, 58 wins uh, and have the success you have with all the different players and, 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 and changes, it's unbelievable to me. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, I, I really do think Nick Nurse deserves a, a, tremendous amount of credit, uh, for the success, uh, the Raptors are having. And, you know, you know, one of the reasons I, I, think the changes were made, uh, from, you know, Dwayne Casey to, uh, Nick Nurse was the Raptors had to, had to do better in the postseason, right? And, and Nick, uh, Dwayne Casey did a great job over his time, uh, but they had to get a different voice and they had to try something different. Uh, you, you could feel pressure. Uh, from Casey, you know, once you started getting near the playoffs, towards the end of March, early April, um, you could feel tension uh, with, with with Dwayne Casey. But it was—it's never the case with Nick Nurse. Uh, he just keeps his guys loose. He keeps them focused. He doesn't get hung up on uh, on, on things. And, and as a result, I think you're, you're you're seeing a team that could potentially win the win the NBA championship. So, uh, phenomenal job on his part,
4: Leo. Who does? Uh Kawhi Leonard match up with in Golden State next series.
3: Well, you can put Kawhi Leonard on anybody. He's <laughs> just just a, just a, a ridiculous uh, defender. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's he's is the best two way player in the game today. Um, and uh, so, when it comes to Golden State, I think the Raptors are going to have to. You know, one one I think a lot of teams and and people watch this team don't realize just how good defensively they are. Um, you know Kawhi's obviously a huge part of that but this as a team they're just just unbelievable uh and how they're able to change a game and you're going to need every bit of that against Golden State uh my gut is we're not going to see Kevin Durant um, I think his injury is significant enough uh despite everything that is leaked out uh you know from Golden State or whatever they choose to share uh, I, I don't think he's going to play. I think his injury is is more severe than they they they've indicated. Um, so now you know, taking out a guy like that, uh, obviously Golden State's played extremely well without him, uh, and they have all season, quite frankly. But having a Kevin Durant available and on the floor uh, really puts a, a twist in how you have to guard this team. And so now you know, you could put uh, you know, at times you're going to see a lot of switching. Um, play. Uh, I, I should say you're going to see uh, 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 Kawhi on, on Clay Thompson. You'll see Kawhi on uh, Draymond Green. I'm sure the switches were where Kawhi will be on uh, Steph Curry. Um, so it, it's hard to say one one particular player that he's going to be matched up against because I think you're going to have to see a lot of flexibility uh, on the part of this team to, you know, to, to get shooters and to shooters and to take transition away and to do all kinds of things to win that series. So uh you're going to see uh you're going to see him guard you know I think multiple players as the series goes.
2: What's going to be the key to the series uh obviously the uh, the book the bookmakers uh, the bookies or the warriors will probably be uh my gut instinct tells me overwhelming favorites uh, you know the raptors are still uh, in some circles down in the States, still proving themselves although uh, uh I think they've proved themselves uh What's the path to victory, Leo? The uh, Warriors are uh, a dynasty in this era. What do they have to do over a course of a series to beat the Warriors?
3: Well, I, I wouldn't pay attention a lot of the, to a lot <laughs> of the experts. I mean, a lot of people felt Philadelphia uh, was going to beat Toronto uh, because everybody said they had the best starting lineup in the NBA. Uh, definitely Milwaukee was going to be the team that's going to play against the Golden State Warriors and Uh, people were saying that they were going to beat the golden state warriors uh and take them down um you know i i think the raptors can win i think the raptors can beat golden state now don't get me wrong golden state is a is a tremendous team uh and you know what what's the big thing that the raptors have had um in the playoffs that have helped them get to where they are and that's experience now you're playing a team that's uh what they've been to the finals five times right so They're NBA NBA champions. They know how to play. They move the ball extremely well. So, you know, playing this team, uh, you have to control the game. Uh, You have to control tempo because they can get out and run on you in 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 a a matter of you know a minute and a half. They can put a 15 point lead on you. So you really have to be careful of one. You know the kind of shots you take. Uh, you take bad shots; they're going to kill you. They're going to get out and run. It's going to be—it's going to be over. You take—you uh, turn the ball over. You know, live ball turnovers just feeds this team. Uh, so it's extremely uh, important that you—you you play with a lot of discipline. Uh, you play smart uh, because not only are they a great offensive team, but they're also a really, really good defensive team. And they feed off of their defense. So uh, much like Milwaukee, if you can control the tempo. Uh, don't let them get out and run the way they, they like to run. Uh, force them to defend as well by, by you know, you running a, at the right opportunity. And like I said, take good shots, keep them on. Uh, you've got a great opportunity to play. You can't, you know, don't let their shooters uh, get loose, get free, uh, get easy shots to get going. Um, and the Raptors, I think, are capable of doing all those things. So, uh you know, I think it's going to be a much better matchup than, than people anticipate. And remember, a few years ago, Kawhi Leonard was tearing Golden State up, uh, and uh, a player at the time, Jaja Bacchulia, um came down underneath him, and he and he and he turned his foot badly uh, to the point where he, he basically couldn't play the rest of the the rest of the series, and Golden State won. I really believe that had had Kawhi Leonard not gotten hurt at that time for San Antonio. Um, they would have beaten Golden State. So now he's got an opportunity. It's uh, not that a guy like him needs any more motivation, but now he's got an opportunity to, to, you know, get that back, uh, what was taken away from him. And uh, I don't know if I want to face a Kawhi Leonard with that kind of incentive.
5: Uh, Talking to Leo Routens. uh, Lou, uh, Leo, a couple of things here. I remember that game. They were up by 25, I think, halfway through the game. When when that incident happened, and I, I thought San Antonio was really gonna was gonna take him to the cleaners, the whole series, and then obviously, the drastic thing that happened to uh, I thought it was his knee that that went on him, but um, where I'd like to know where all the bandwagoners are that jumped off the bandwagon, uh, when they first made this trade, uh, DeRozan for uh, Kawhi Leonard, and uh, I'd like to say. Canadian uh, basketball has come a long way since you and Jay Triano used to run the courts here in Toronto and in the, the province of Ontario. And you can see all the little kids right now playing basketball. And have you ever run into John Petraschak uh, in in the recent times?
3: Oh, hey, you know, it's, uh, you know John Petraschak, boy, that's that's a that's a great name for uh, Canadian basketball people from Toronto, especially, uh, you know, one of the great high school coaches. And, uh, I haven't seen John in a while, but you know, back then he had the big three, uh, John Pratchett, Dan guess, St. Mike's mm-hmm. and Al Kwan's at Oakwood. And, uh, you know, there was a great era of basketball, uh, in this, in this city that, uh, and the province that they were a part of. And, uh, uh, so, uh, pr- pretty, you know, um, I would call that basketball royalty, <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of people just didn't understand uh, the deal, and you got to give Masai, Jerry, and Bobby Webster of the Raptors great credit. Um, they just felt that you know things had plateaued. Uh, Raptors had great regular season success, and you know, yeah, yeah, LeBron James was in the way as he was with a lot of other people. Um, and things just didn't translate into the postseason. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily the fact that they lost, but how you lost, things you weren't able to do. Uh, and Masai went all in. Um, you know, he, he let go of Dwayne Casey, the coach of the year. You know, that takes a lot of onions to pull that off. Um, and then they went out and got the, one of the most beloved players in franchise history, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and, and, and sent him uh, in a trade to San Antonio. And, and I'll be honest, when I saw that, uh i said wow <laughs> how somehow the raptors are able to get Kawhi leonard are you kidding me um and 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 danny green as well in that as a throw-in in that deal i said that is unbelievable that you got these two players uh and then the key was going to be you know is Kawhi? are you going to be able to get him back to being the guy he was uh and the raptors director of sports science alex mckechnie has been phenomenal the day literally the day the Raptors got uh Kawhi Leonard, uh he he took over uh in, in, in taking care of his body and his medical staff and uh, you know, everybody mocked the load you know talk about bandwagoners, everybody mocked the load management uh and the fact that Kawhi, you know, sat out games and, and they were very, very careful of in you know, rebuilding his body basically and his legs uh to compete in the postseason. And you know, is anybody complaining now? <laughs> you know. Uh a lot Not of people that, that thought it was stupid and it's ridiculous, uh and he should be playing. Uh now you have a guy that that has been the best player in the postseason, um, because of the way they took care of him. And I think that's gonna go a long way uh with Kawhi Leonard himself, uh, as you get into free agency, how the Raptors handled him and, and the care they gave him. But uh you know, you, so you look at those moves, and that, that's all in, man. The Raptors, you know, Messiah Jury was all in uh, to win. Uh, and then he took another player that Raptor fans uh, have loved and has continued to grow as a player in the Jonas Valanciunas, and he traded him uh, to get a Marcus oll And all of a sudden, the dynamics of this chain team changed dramatically. Uh, the ball movement, the basketball IQ, uh, the defensive abilities, uh, you're talking about, you know, f- the Raptors can put four all defensive players, two former defensive players of the year, on the floor at the same time, and a Kyle Lowry who's led the NBA in, in-, in- taking charges and is leading this postseason in taking charges. How many teams uh, can do that? Um, so Masai went all in, and and I think it's a uh, credit to him, uh, and it's a uh, it's a it's a credit to the organization to allow him to do whatever it took to put the Raptors in this situation. Uh, and now it's, uh, it's, it's just fun seeing it all come, come into fruition. Uh, uh, and it's, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just enjoying the ride and, and all the people that criticized, uh, the moves and the changes. um, shame on you, man. You should have waited to check it out and judge the aftermath, not not just based on what you thought at the beginning.
2: Couldn't agree with you more, Leo, and uh, like I said earlier, today is a day to give credit where credit is due. It's a day to celebrate. It's been an incredible week. (laughs) I remember being here last Sunday morning and things looked bleak and uh, double overtime win last Sunday and then everything fell into place this week. Leo, we've got to run. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. We really really appreciate it let's hey, uh
3: pleasure is uh, pleasure's always mine i'm sorry uh i i think i i must sound like I'm no, <laughs> you're, no, you're, right now but
2: you're uh, a trooper uh, you that's know. for sure you're you're, you're a consummate professional leo and hopefully you know what uh hopefully uh you know uh, we may be chatting uh again soon and uh and on a positive note let's uh let's stay in touch leo thanks so much Sounds great. Have
3: a great day, guys.
2: That's great. Uh, Leo Routens, uh, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with Carlo Coliacovo.
6: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realized that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language. No matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636 or visit pizzaville.ca.
7: There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice.
8: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
1: You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM, live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.com. CA. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour, former Toronto Maple Leaf and former St. Louis Blue co-host. The first up on TSN Radio, Monday to Friday morning from six to ten a.m. Of course, I'm talking about Carlo Koliakovo. Good morning, Carlo. How
9: are you? Good morning, guys. You forgot to mention their diehard Raptor fan. Oh, <laughs> we were just. Oh my God! Am I? Can somebody like pinch me? Did I wake up? Did I witness this last last night?
2: Well, you know we got Incredible. to ch- Carlo. You know we got to chat about it. I'm sure you're going to be chatting about it on your show tomorrow morning. It's probably going yeah. to be the focal event of your show. So, uh, uh, give us your take. Uh, give us your take of the game and
9: uh, uh, analyze it for us. Well, it was nerve wracking. Um, you know, I had a good feeling going into the game based on uh, what's transpired throughout the series. I mean, team down 0-2, everybody calling them out. Uh, they lose two of their Uh, most important players in the game in game three and they find a way to gut it out. And I just felt like you could see, you could see something special in that team after the game where they, they gained the confidence that they needed to come back in that series and just game after game, they just kept getting better. Uh, they kept making the adjustments. Kawhi Leonard just had this refuse to lose. Uh, attitude with him while he was on the court and he carried the team to victory. I mean you talk about being down fifteen points last night. you, you know, you can start from the the, the air kawaii dunk that changed the, the momentum of the game that just got the crowd rocking and then down fifteen with three minutes left in the third quarter, uh cutting the gap to seven and then in the fourth quarter it was just take over time. The bench did an unbelievable job. So happy for guys like Kyle Lowry. Uh you know the, the the city, the fans of Toronto. I mean, just just to watch the, the celebrations in the street, the continued celebrations that you see in the mornings from the players posting videos of coming out of the parking garage, just absolutely amazing for this city of Toronto to show to show the world that we are the North here in Toronto.
4: Carlo, uh, I'm looking for yeah. I'm looking forward to a matchup with Drake and Draymond Green coming up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? It should, uh, it should blow up pretty good.
9: Well, it, it's amazing that Drake becomes such a converse, such a topic of conversation this year, and I absolutely love it. I mean, you could tell after Game 4, when the Bucs started commenting on it and saying, you know, how it was, you know, disrespectful, what he was doing, you could just tell that he was in their head, and I loved it. I absolutely love it. Like, to me, I, I mean, I'm not Drake, but I love the emotion Drake is showing as a fan, because that's what you should be doing as a as a Toronto Raptor fan. Toronto. I mean, I've been posting videos all playoffs of my reactions because of how uh, invested I'm finding myself in this team and their success. And um, you know, if if Drake can continue and, and get into gate Draymond Green's face, I mean, all 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 the power to it. This is a huge advantage for us. And. Something
5: that
2: we should definitely rally around. I, I, I got to. Uh, I, I can't let this one go by because I got. I got Franceschetti here, who's uh, chomping Lou. at the bit, <laughs> and uh, he came in. He came in fit to be tied this morning. Uh, so I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, Lou's got a little bit of a different take on that. He's got some strong <laughs> opinions, Lou. I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you jump in here, but remember, Lou, this is a family show. Um,
9: Let's hear it, Lou
2: Try to make it as diplomatic as possible In language that uh, we're allowed to uh, say on the air So go ahead, Lou Morning, Carlo (laughs)
4: What's up, Lou?
5: Listen, I I see a completely different picture here Uh, Obviously, I'm not sure if you were around when I played the game I played the game with a lot of emotion too But if I see a jerk like that sitting on the side He can do all the emotions I just don't like him being the focal point of the whole series you know, he's up every single play. He thinks he's Nick yeah. Nurse on the side of the thing. And if I'm a ball player coming, especially the way he was yapping, at, I'm not sure if he was yapping at the coach or at the player. If I see something like that, I would definitely either confront him with it or just kind of more or less, oh, sorry, I threw a ball right in your face. Isn't the issue, Luke, yeah.
2: Isn't the issue, though? Right. And I, I just, just, I'll ask you to comment on this, Carlo. Yeah. Uh, um, I think the difference between basketball. Because if you're in hockey, all the fans are behind the glass Yeah. and they can say whatever they want. They can scream whatever they want. They can't squish, squish water or throw anything. Uh, but, you know, they, aside from the profanity aspect of it, which isn't permissible with, you know, with children in the audience, they can criticize, say, yell, do whatever they want. Difference with, well, baske- well, difference well, he- with basketball. He's right on the court. He's right next to the bench.
9: Well, here, here's the thing about basketball, Lou, is that basketball is about storylines and celebrities. And in, in this type of moment, this far into the playoffs, you know, TV, TV pays millions and millions of dollars for their, for their rights to, to, to broadcast games. Well, what sells it? When they've got celebrities at the game. And when a celebrity, uh, a public figure can, can be a, a topic of conversation – when it, when it when it involves interaction with the players, that's what sells. That's what people want to talk about on SportsCenter. That's what people want to talk about in the news and stuff. And that's that's been the NBA for years. I mean, you can go back to the Spike Lee days. I mean, Spike Lee was, was really just a fan until he became Spike Lee because people start to talk about him. You talk about the confrontation with Reg, Reggie Miller. And just because, like you just said, the fact that they're on the court and so close to the game allows them to be emotionally invested into the game. So... I, I can see where a road player uh, you know, for the Bucks, can get irritated by it, especially when things aren't going well, because, yeah, he is a little bit in their face. He's making comments. He's making gestures. But don't think he's the only one doing it. I mean, Jack, yeah. Nils- Jack Nicholson for years for the Lakers used to be this guy.
5: So. He was more smug, though. He was, <laughs> Jack, and and you're, talk, you're talking about Spike Lee. Spike Lee only had one thing, and it was against Reggie Miller. Yeah. And yeah, he was on but, the other side of the uh Anyways, the, guys, on uh, the other answer. side of the, uh, awesome. the course is
9: awesome for Toronto because it's putting Toronto on the map of basketball. Well, a- anyways,
2: not- guys, guys, no. I'm sorry I got to interrupt. You know, it's uh, live radio; we don't have a lot of time. And what we really, well, Lou, we're
8: talking about Drake
5: too. <laughs> See, that's, that's the problem. We should be talking about the Raptors, not Drake. <laughs> no, I got to yeah. sorry, sorry, guys, I
2: got I, I got interrupt because uh, the real reason we brought you on, Carlos, is the St. Louis Blues are in the <laughs> yeah. Stanley Cup final, and yeah. uh, you know, and uh, let's get let's we would going to get a few minutes left with you, and uh, let's get an opportunity to chat a little bit about that. Uh, what a remark. I know that, you know, you still, uh, you have a little bit of your heart still in St. Louis. Uh, yeah, Been posting, you've been twittering pictures of your son, Leo, in, uh, in a St. Louis Blues uh, jersey. Uh, what does it mean to you, Carlo? Uh, you know, you, uh, you, uh, you were hustled out of town with, uh, a guy who's still playing would look yeah. great in a leaf uniform, Alexander Steen for Lee Stepniak. Uh, tell us what it means to have the St. Louis Blues in Stanley Cup final after 49 years. And well, you can, it, you, you can tell us a little bit about St. Louis as well. What does it mean to the fan base?
9: Well, it means a lot to me, uh, one, because it's an incredible story. Uh, from where they were at the beginning of the year to where they are now, I think is something unheard of you see in hockey. Um, and for me personally, there's still there's still a a, a real deep personal attachment to that team, um, just because of all the players that are still there that I'm really close friends with. Um, i've had I had my career years playing in St. Louis. I absolutely love St. Louis. me, and my wife, um talked about you know maybe making St. Louis a permanent home for us one day. Um, and just you know the success stories of of people that are I'm still really close with, and you can start with Craig Ruby, the, the head coach, one of the one of the one of the best coaches I've ever had the chance to play for uh, personally and and prof- professionally. Uh, I still have a close bond with both of the assistant coaches Steve Ott and Mike Van Ryan, who I played with. And you can go along with the players on the team. You talk to Alex Alexander Steen, a player that I got traded for, Alex Petrangelo, who was one of my best friends. Uh, the list goes on and on, even including Ryan O'Reilly, who I, I, I developed a really close relationship with my time in Buffalo. So the attachment is there. And even though I'm not their part of the team, I still feel like I'm part of the team. And, I mean, th- this has been an unbelievable time of year for me. I mean, watching the Raptors do what they do because I'm from Toronto and watching the Blues being the Stanley Cup final. I've never been so emotionally invested in, 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 a, in a sports time of year than this year with the Blues and the, and the Raptors. And just for the city of St. Louis, blue collar town, great sports fan. You talked about 49 years since being there, uh, right from the ownership, who's, you know, Tom Stillman and his ownership group, when they took over the team, they, this is what they dreamed for, dreamed of when they, when they got that or, or when they, when they bought the team. And so I couldn't be more happier, um, for this group of players, for this team, for this city to be where they are. And honestly, they've been a ton of fun to watch. I mean, this is a team that's so well built top to bottom. And, or rightfully so, deserve to be where they are because they beat some really good teams to get there. I mean, you can Boston. You know, they 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 beat the Leafs in seven games. Um, they kind of caught a break uh, with Tampa losing to Columbus, even though know, Columbus gave a good series. And then Carolina. You know, any, if anybody asked to play Carolina in the conference final, not, not to take away from the success that they had and the great story they were, but you take your chances. I think they had uh, a, a pretty pretty easier road than uh, than the Blues did. But just just for the Blues, I mean. I've, 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 I have, I love this team and I should talk about the video that, that I posted about my son. Um, I think just because of the attachment that's still there with all the close relationships that I still have.
2: Well, we're a bit short of time, uh, Carlo. <laughs> We've got Scotty Bowman coming up after you to wow. talk about St. Louis. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I really hate to cut you short because I've, no. I've got about 17 other questions I'd like to ask you, and uh, unfortunately, you know what live radio's like. You never have enough time. But I'm going to give Lou a uh, last word in with you, Lou. Sounds Carlo,
5: good. I just love the way the Blues are playing. It, it, it brings back the old times where you really got to grind things out. You got to yeah. take the body and maybe the the people here in Toronto will figure out exactly what they're going to need to go farther than the playoffs. And, I didn't know you were that old. If you played for so many teams, and so because I played well, with Chief. And and however, old his, uh, however old is
2: hey.
9: Carlo is, he's younger than you, Lou. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he he's is. But uh, where did you uh, was
5: was Berube there in St. Louis when you were there?
9: No, I had him in Philadelphia when I was. You were in
5: Philadelphia
6: too. So I was not teams. Was I was played team in, Buffalo? Buffalo?
5: in <laughs> Yeah, because I just retired last year in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, sorry, in St. Louis, Don't and he St. played Louis, for Dallas yeah. for so many years, and obviously Van Ryan was a was a big, highly recruited kid out of uh, Michigan that didn't Michigan, do that yeah. well. But I played play with him in Toronto. What's that? I played with Van Ryan in Toronto. When did you play in Toronto? Oh, come on, Lou.
9: guys.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm moderating a light, heavy metalweight fight here,
5: hey, Carlo. I, I, I wish St. Louis all the best. Though. They they play the game the way it's supposed to be played uh, yeah. in the trenches. In, uh, in a
2: couple of minutes, uh, uh, Carla, we got to let you go, but we do obviously we want your assessment of the series. So uh, uh, on this note, uh, last question: uh, analyze the series for us.
9: So basically, like Lou said, I mean, you heard Pete DeBoer, the two heaviest teams. Uh, are playing in the playoffs and, you know, I, I talked about the way they're built. Um, they, they, every line gives you something different, uh, for each team. And, you know, you got your superstar line on, on line one. And you have guys that fill different roles. I think both teams are, are evenly matched. Um, I would slightly give the edge to the St. Louis Blues just because I think their defense are built better. Um, and maybe their third and fourth lines can give you more than Boston does, but Boston has home ice. They've been really good at home ice and two grass playing really good you got a young goaltender in Bennington, who knows how he's gonna um be in the moment he's been outstanding up until now but uh, you know the both teams are really well coached I-, I think the blues are have the identity of the way craig gruby used to play and that's why i loved him so much as a coach he keeps guys honest, he keeps them accountable and players love to play for him so i'm cheering for the blues um, and just, just not, not just because I have the attachment with them, but just because I hate the Boston
2: Bruins. So. Anyways, we've been chatting with Carlo, Carlo. We've got to let you go, but I do want to let our listeners know. Uh, I'm sure you'll be analyzing the series uh, in, oh, gra- yeah. in greater detail tomorrow morning. And <laughs> <laughs> first up on TSN Radio, Monday to Friday, six to ten a.m. Please listen in, uh, Carlo. Always and Mike Landsberg always do a great job, Carlo. Thanks, boys. Thanks so much. Really appreciate Anytime. it. Uh, we'll see got you on got the golf
6: time. course, Carlo. <laughs> thanks, guys.
2: <laughs> Anyways, got to go. We'll be right back with legend scotty bowman
6: it was a rainy day when pizzaville announced their loyalty program but some listeners thought i was saying royalty program <coughs> to be clear pizzaville cannot get you into the royal family stop that however after your sixth online order you'll get a large pizza of your choice free with your seventh order and that'll make you feel like a king or queen oh, boy.
0: Call 905-266-3014.
1: Ask for Blair Downey.
8: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
1: Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. It's our distinct pleasure to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour Hockey Hall of Fame coach, uh, Scotty Bowman. Good morning, Scotty. How are you this morning? Very good. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, uh, Boston, St. Louis, uh, certainly brings back a lot of memories, uh, we're old enough here, uh, Scotty, to, uh, have lived through that series, uh, um, and the iconic part about that series is, of course, everybody remembers the Bobby Orr goal. um, uh, which got captured uh, in one of the most iconic sports photographs. But your recollection, Scotty, uh, Boston, St. Louis, does bring back memories for you, your uh, your recollections of that series?
7: Yeah, it was a tougher one. We had been in the finals the first, it's uh, 68, 69. But uh, when I look back now and I see where that was the start of a real, uh, probably should have been a dynasty for Boston because they, you know, they they won in '70, they won in '72. Bobby Orr was right at I would say that was his real prime time because he was about 22, 23. They they got a real big upset in '71. Uh, I don't really know what happened to him in '73. I think he started getting injuries. But when I look back at the series uh, going in to that series, we, we Bobby Orr had had 120 points. Uh, that was his record season. We tried to shadow him the first game. It was it wasn't much of a success. They beat us, I think six to one or six to two. Uh, but they they were a powerhouse, uh, um, you know, because they were so good offensively. And we were we were a strong defensive team. We had strong goaltending. We 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 uh, I I don't know why we did it, but um, Jacques Plant started the the game, and he got hit with a slap shot. He got a concussion actually, and. Um, we we had Glenn Hall. He might have been injured or something because we didn't we didn't finish the game. The backup goalie was a, a younger goalie that we were, you know, grooming to be with us. But uh, yeah, we would like to. We got a little better as the series went on, and we we actually had two leads in the fourth game in Boston. Uh, an early lead and a two to one, and then a three to two lead, and we got a penalty and they, we happened to kill it, but. Uh, Glenn Hall stood on his head that game. I looked at the stats one time, and his shots were like 45 to 20. So we would have liked to have competed better. But, you know, being an expansion team and meeting a team like that, uh, we, uh, we we didn't disgrace ourselves because we had two, two decent games in Boston. But uh, it was pretty discouraging for <laughs> looking back. I was 12 in a row I lost. I, I wondered if I'd ever... Ever win a game in the finals, but uh, I had so many sweeps each way, and that was that was another sweep against me.
4: You had an interesting name on the team, Al Arbor. Did you see the coaching abilities in him then?
7: So, oh sure. After that season, I put Al in as coach, uh, and really what happened is the we started off we were we were about the same as we were before, but uh, we we had. Uh, he didn't have the luxury of having Al Harbor on defense, and uh, we kind of struggled. We we were going to get in the playoffs, and then I don't know how it worked out. He was going to come. He come back and and uh, helped us uh, the last maybe twenty five games or something of the season uh, with uh, with the fact that he was going to resume the job the, the following season, and that w- that that uh, caused the departure of myself because we we lost the next year. We 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 made a trade uh in in his in his year of coaching the uh, the owners were getting anxious because we'd lost the 3 3 uh, times in a row they wanted to, they were questioning if we were ever going to how could we win with this team we had to rebuild it and they kind of forced a trade uh, we had to trade red berenson to to um to detroit uh, we we made a good trade for the future but i had told them it was going to hurt us in the playoffs, and and sure did. We we traded uh, Red Barons for Gary Younger. We gained about ten years, but <laughs> when we did lose, uh, that was the first time we'd lost. Uh, I went back on the bench, and Al came back and played in year four, and we lost to Minnesota. That was the first time we'd lost to uh, one of our own teams in the uh, in expansion, and and uh, everything broke loose. Uh, the owners were unhappy. Uh, they uh, they didn't have a good memory of the fact I told them that we 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 may we could make the trade it would be good for the future but it's going to hurt us right now and we got knocked out and then they they didn't want me to come back with Al Arbor as the coach they we had Cliff Fletcher as my assistant they they wanted to make all kinds of changes in in the in the um, uh, you know in the in the organization and I had a long contract left and I said I'm sorry but. I, I can't stay if these guys don't stay. I mean, we're a team, so I took off. <laughs> but, Scott. That, that, uh, but Al, Al was, um, he was uh, a coach. He was, assist, he was a playing coach in Rochester when we, um, he was a playing coach, it was like assistant playing coach. Joe Crozier was the head coach, but they were grooming Al to be a coach. Uh, he was in the Toronto organization. Uh, he played in Rochester. They won oh, three or four times the American League championship. And a cute story about Al they used to call him up in late March to the Leafs, uh, as an insurance defenseman. And, uh, he did it for two years in a row. They won the Stanley Cup. He, did, he didn't get into any games, but, uh, he got tired of doing that. He had a young family and he's one of the few contracts I ever heard of. He put in his next contract with Punch Imlac. He said he couldn't be recalled from Rochester without his permission. <laughs> and, uh, the, I think it was the Leafs' fourth cup in 64. Uh, that's the only cup he, he, he didn't get recalled uh, because he, you know, he was he was in Rochester and he was getting tired of being called up and and you know just sitting around uh, for a couple of months. But that was a cute story. But he was a wonderful coach and uh, as a captain, he, he just developed our young. Def- we had a couple of young defensemen, Barkley and Bob Plager. Uh, Barkley played with Al and uh, became a very solid NHL defenseman for at least ten years.
2: Uh, Scotty. Uh... Uh, talking about St. Louis, Boston, uh, 2019. Uh, yeah. Boston Bruins are coming off a 10-day layoff.
7: Uh, yeah. If you're the coach, uh, you yeah. concerned about that? I would be, I would be concerned. And I, I, Maybe not. A, I had a 10-day layoff once in Buffalo. It was the first cup the Islanders won. And uh, we had 10 days off. We, we, we won the first series against Vancouver. and We swept Chicago. We had 10 days off. And you know the first two games we had, the, we were the high seed too. We lost the first game in double overtime. We didn't recover and lost game two, and then we lost another game in in, in the island. It hurt us a lot. But uh, they won the cup. They were a good team, but we were a good team too. But um, I think it's a little different now because the players are in peak condition. Hardly a week or a month goes by, or even in the off season. So. Uh, and Boston's got some veterans that probably could have used a little bit of the time off. I don't. Uh, I know they had a scrimmage game on Thursday. Uh, they they scheduled a, like a regular scrimmage game, two twenty-five minute periods uh, with fans and referees and that. But um, you know, St. Louis uh, had, have had a good run, and they had a. I think they had the ideal time for for a team like that, five or six days. But uh, the thing about Boston that I've been so impressed with. You know they were down against Toronto, as we all know. they had to go into Toronto and win game six and then and then they they pulled away from game seven in the third period. but you know uh you, in the playoffs you're always playing a team after you win one round the next round the next team they've won a round too, and you you have to up your you have to play better if you keep going and then the, the second round i mean you know they're they're playing a team like Columbus just knocked off uh Tampa four straight. A team that had won 62 games, and uh, they, they they persevered and won that in six, and then and then they drew a team. People don't know much about Carolina, uh, but Carolina knocked off the Stanley Cup champion last year, Washington, and then they knocked off the Islanders, who had a batter season, and and then they uh, go against Boston, and Boston beats them four straight. So Boston uh, ended up winning their last six. Uh, playoff games prior to this lay- layoff, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, they-, they were on a roll, and Lou would know as a player that when you're on a roll, you want to keep playing, you know. And they had ten days off, but uh, uh, Bruce Cassidy's done a great job, and and I think they've taken every precaution. But fellas like Chara Bergeron, these guys, uh, they're uh, they're true pros. Uh, um, I-, I think though we're going to have a better series than. And uh, I know it was not better than 70s for sure, but it's going to be uh, a, a team on the rise. Craig Berube's got these uh, players playing as a team. He doesn't have numbers on the lines. He he's 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 got players that we don't know a lot about that have just performed. Uh, you know, I I looked at I looked up some of them. I mean, you know, they have they have a fellow Oscar Sundquist. I don't know a lot about him. I think he came out of the Pittsburgh uh, organization. And in 144 games, he had 14, 14 career goals, and he's already got four goals in the playoffs. You know, which is way above his average. And he and they play these. Uh, he plays everybody. Both teams play a full lineup, so we don't have a a series where you can just count on a couple of guys.
5: Scotty, uh, I I know how, you being a player, you want to get the. Uh... Mm-hmm. You want to play as many games as possible in just a short period of time because you want to, one you want to get it over with, but you 're in the groove, and that yeah. ten days ten days off I think is ridiculous during the regular season. players look forward to ten days because they probably know they have another maybe ten or fifteen twenty games to go before the end of the regular yeah. season. But during the playoffs i can 't understand oh. why well I guess I do understand because the the league wants mm. the the yeah. TVs.
3: Uh,
7: well, TV's big, you're right, Lou. They're finishing up a, a big long ten year 12 year contract and uh and and you know even when they play the first two games, when they every time they're going to change cities in this series that they, they've thrown in another game another yeah, day rather yeah. so like it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Boston, and then the next game is Saturday in Saint Saturday yeah. uh, Monday, and then another if it goes past four, which it probably will.
5: It seems so, like every uh, time you change cities, or giving the extra day off, and, yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think they it's want to make it a yeah, track. the players just want to play the game. They could play I seven know. games in seven days, and it'll yeah. be as good as hockey as it was but, if they played took it in in yeah. two weeks. They just want well,
7: to. You think you people know in Toronto now with the Raptors uh, <laughs> winning that uh, and getting in the finals? Uh, usually, the NHL and the NBA, they they kind of they'll stay away from each other. I don't I don't know the schedule, but maybe they have a conflict. Do you have the schedule for the finals of the they start the Thursday? Basketball? Uh,
2: have, that's a good point, Scotty. Haven't looked at it yet. Um,
7: mm-hmm. They so usually stay away from each other. Yeah, the, and I think the the league is looking at this as a this is our premier event, the Stanley Cup Final. We all concentrate. I mean, we know what hockey's like. You can have a great regular season, but the pinnacle is the Stanley Cup. It's not like any like other other yeah. some other sports. I mean, but it's the, it's the top you know it's it's not like english soccer which uh, the, the the league championship is the big thing but they're going to make this into a i mean the, the history of the two teams and uh first time in 49 years for for the teams to meet again so but um uh, it's uh, it's something for the fans, the fans will be rabid in Boston and St. Louis. They'll just be uh, off the charts, you know.
2: Scotty, uh, unfortunately, we'd we'd love to spend uh, much more time with you, but uh, our time for the hour is coming to a conclusion. Unfortunately. Oh
1: yeah, it's
2: ten o'clock. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> so we're going to wish you the best for the rest yeah. of the. We wish you obviously we always wish you the best. We yeah. thank you for thank joining you. us and yeah. uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals.
7: Well, you guys are a lot to enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals and the, and
2: the NBA. And we'll, and we'll enjoy the NBA Finals. Yeah. Scotty, we really, really okay. appreciate this. Sure. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.
4: Thank Thanks. you. See you
2: Scott. Scotty Bowman. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's always a pleasure having Scotty in the show. Greatest, uh, in my opinion, the greatest uh, greatest coach, professional coach, in the history of any sport. Won Stanley Cups with the Crack Me Naz, three different teams uh yes, in yes. three, in f- 3 3 or 4, four Habs, years. detroit pittsburgh chicago chicago not but as not as a as coach, coach. Yeah. uh in what four different decades three different yeah. decades uh unparalleled career and uh just a gentleman you know taking the time for us on a Sunday morning to uh, chat about uh, something uh, he was involved with a long, long time ago. Lou, you know what? We got two minutes left. We're going to give you an opportunity to get the rest of this Drake thing off your chest. And uh, we did talk to Carlo Koliakovo about it. And as I want you to chime in, I, I, I understood Carlo about the entertainment part of it. It's great entertainment. It sells. It boosts ratings. It gets the fans fired up. Uh, but it's almost like it's almost like WWE stuff. Uh, you're sitting next to a bench. You're you're five feet away from another team, and you're yelling at the coach, and you're yelling then, at then, the player. It just it, it it seems. You know what it reminds me. You know me it should. You know what? You know I love Drake and all that, but it really. Sh- you know what? Uh, maybe I'm just old fashioned. I just there's something something about it seems wrong.
4: Do, do you remember Mark Cuban on the sidelines? Yeah, They're no different than Drake.
2: And you know, I don't disagree with you, Naz. Uh, what was Cuban directing his comments uh, at the other team, at the other coach? Was he? It's almost like get the feel Drake. Drake's interfering in the game. Wow. Uh, Lou, you, you, carry.
5: Uh, you're a player, okay? Uh, you, know, you, you, know, know, you know, I know what mean. It was? I, mean uh, I, I mean, I, these, I, I, I Listen, I, I understand where everybody's coming with. him. Yeah. He, he's the icon. He's the ambassador for the Toronto Raptors for the city of Toronto. I think the biggest mistake was for the Milwaukee coach to get involved in it. And as a player, see, we, we look uh, at it from a Toronto perspective. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. You're okay. right.
8: Okay. Let's say it, let, let's say
2: it's L.A. and uh, give me some rap star. Name me one. I'm not, I'm not familiar with so, rap. Say so, so I can. Wh- whoever, some rap star sitting on the Lakers bench and he's yapping at Nick Nurse all game long. How would we feel about that? Well, I mean, as a professional athlete,
5: you got to suck it up. I get it. You're supposed to ignore that nonsense, right? But he's in your face during a game. Uh, Walter, it's just like when you're a player. Marchant knows how to push people's buttons. When you retaliate to him, you know, he knows that he's got you exactly where he wants you. Okay. If you avoid that kind of stuff and absorb it and keep it for the most crucial time, it's just like.
2: Anyways, we gotta go, Lou. I I apologize, okay. uh, Sebastian. I didn't want to talk. about I, was, I, wanted to, I, wanted to, I wanted to talk. About, Sebastian's, uh, buzz, Sebastian's buzzing in my ear. If we don't get off the air, he's gonna cut us off. Okay. Anyways, uh, uh, well, I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about Drake and Raptors next Sunday. Anyways, to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for joining. Let's us. Let's go
0: Raptors. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone reads.